Okay, let's review a little bit from last night and we'll go from there. And I'll make sure I get you over to the canteen on time. Thanks for your patience last night. That was a good opening time just to remind you of some things. Here's what we covered last night, but uh, some good reminders. Real short style. got about ten slides. Then I got a little bit of a surprise. Let's try this. Welcome to Junior High Week. And we get to be together for about nine different times. What does Psalms 107, 23, and 24 say, by the way? Yes? Did y'all get that? <laughs> A little slower, Emily. Try it. Right. Not warp speed this time. Go ahead. Here's the verses. We've seen his wonders in the deep. Uh, reminds me of people like Jonah. I'm going to tell you about another man today in the deeps of the water. Okay. See if you remember this from last night. I want you to try to go up to a different level. Wherever you're at, we just got to be a little bit more mature in our faith when we leave to say, okay, I'm going to start a quiet time. I'm going to be a little bit more disciplined. But I'm only 10. No matter what you are. Little Samuel was three years old when he went to the temple, so don't use age as an excuse. Apostle Paul told Timothy, he said, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young, but by your example, show them how to live for Christ. Hmm. Allow God to work in your life this week then. Allow God to change you and make you more like Him. That's the whole idea. Next. Here's a good reminder of last night. After this change, I told you God works in mysterious ways, and I told you a little story, but actually this is what I want to remind you of this week. Please pray for chapel. Pray that God will uh, do some great things. This little girl, according to my story last night, she prayed for a kitty cat, and amazingly enough, uh, here's what happened. You know, a cat just flew right out of the sky. Y'all remember my story last night. But the point is, never underestimate the power of God in his sense of humor. A cat flew out of the sky, according to this uh, story, and then this is what happened. She thanked God for that. Instead of a cat falling out of the sky, what came out of the sky last night in this next story? A seagull. That would be about the same thing. They're sitting there praying, please give us rain and that quenched her parched throats. Give us something. They're way out of range of birds, and yet God flies a seagull over and lands on Eddie Rickenbacker's head. That was a man's name, Eddie Rickenbacker. He said he had sharks swimming around, eight-foot boats surrounded by nine-foot sharks. It's going to take a miracle to get out of this, and yet he did. Now I'm going to remind you, how many days were in the water? Around, what, 20 days? Got a man that broke that record. Uh, I'll tell you about him today. He wasn't in the water 20 days. Eddie Rickenbacker's wa- uh, record stood for a while. Next. By the way, how many people were lost out of that crew? One person was actually lost because he uh, was so thirsty one day he drank seawater. What happens when you drink seawater? Yeah, you die. So they slipped him right into the water, and that's called burial at sea. But Eddie Rickenbacker never lost any more of his crew. One of them tried to just commit suicide and slide in the water and just say, leave me be, and Eddie wouldn't let him do that. Well, why don't we service God since he performs miracles, whether he drops a cat out of the sky or a seagull? Because we think he's this. The man I'm going to talk about to you today, he thought God was just going to punish him or God, I don't want anything to do with him. It's just, I don't understand him. He didn't understand this, that God doesn't punish us. God actually wants to do this. He wants to protect us and preserve us. And he actually saved this man in a miraculous way. 
Here's some verses on love in case you forgot them from last night. I've loved you with an everlasting love. It never fails. God shows His love for us in a while we are yet sinners. He dies for us. He's merciful and gracious. Most familiar verse. And the last one there in Romans, nothing's going to separate us from Himself. If He got, loves you, then nothing's going to stop that. Well, how come I don't feel love sometimes? I guess that's just we bought into the lie that Satan tells us. Satan's the father of lies, so he's going to say God doesn't care about you. Opposite, God is love. First John 4.19, God is love. Why would he ever love me then? Well, that's just the way he is. God sent not his son into the world to condemn us, but to save us. What if I don't love him back? Doesn't change his love. I love that. You don't have to say it with me, but watch this. You are never more saved than the day you got saved. Okay, run it by me again. You're never more saved than the day you got saved. You don't get saved and say, okay, great. Now I guess I slack back and I'm not saved. No, you're always saved. You're always saved. Matter of fact, picture it like this. Uh, John F. Kennedy, when he was buried in 1963, on November 22nd, John F. Kennedy was assassinated. A few days later, they buried him in Arlington. And they wanted to remember him, so they had this flame come up. They call it, what kind of flame? You know what that is? It was called, it's another word for everlasting. You know what they call that? It's, it's going to be an eternal flame. By the way, that eternal flame that's never supposed to go out, a group of Catholic girls came there from a Catholic school, and a little girl with holy water wanted to go over and put it on the grave because John F. Kennedy was Roman Catholic. So she came over and gently went, put out the eternal flame by pouring holy water on it. And somebody came out, that's an eternal flame, it can't go out. It is. So they had to reignite it, and okay, there it goes again. So that eternal flame has been put out about five times. God places a flame in us that can't be put out. Now, picture this. So the flame, once I say, Jesus, would you forgive me and come into my heart and save me, that flame begins. You might picture it as the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, in Acts, when the Holy Spirit came down, it looked like fire. Isn't that amazing? So that flame begins to burn. Now, on some days it seems like it burns bright. Other days, it seems like it might burn a little bit, but it never goes out. That's what the Holy Spirit lives in me. So I want to let him just have full reign. And the more he does, it seems like he's burning brighter, but he never goes out. He never loses. But what if I'm awful and miserable and he never loses? His love never changes. How much do you love me, you might ask? And Jesus says, I love you this much. Hmm. Stretched out his arms and died for us. That's how much he loves us. And he died for sinners such as we are. Christ showed his full commitment to us by giving his life for us. Anything else? Well, this. I want to compare a few things to you. When you leave this week, you might make a commitment for Jesus. And next Monday or Tuesday, you think, I don't feel like doing this anymore. Well, remember this. Commitment means staying loyal to what you said you were going to do long after the mood you set it in has left you. Uh, Emily, are you in the band? Did you say you're in the band? Anybody else in the band by some watch Uh At Salem High School where I teach, they call the Proud of Salem. And they, boy, they look at the band about like they do football there. And the football's played in several state championships. And they start band practice, and it's not a whole lot different than football. They have two days where they, you know, practice from like about 8 to 12, go home for lunch, and practice about 1 to 5 in the evening, seven or eight hours of band practice. And then after they do that for a couple weeks, they go to band camp in West Virginia all week long. And some people, I think, join the band, and then they, yeah, they know. Oh. And then after a while, you say, do you mean this or not? And I dare say some people will quit. 
But most people, after a while, they take it, and that's where they get their name from, the pride of Salem. They take pride, and it's like, okay. Jesus says the same thing. You might make a decision almost off of emotions, but deep down inside, do you really mean it? And you say, oh, I do. Well, then once the emotions go away, that deep down decision will still be there. You will be there long after the mood leaves. So when you're at band camp in the middle of the week, I know some people get up tired like this right here. Forget band camp. Talk about Camp Tabolingo. Some of you are tired. Counselors, you'll be tired on Friday. You're like, night of the living dead. You know, you're just walking around like a... You just... But you're here. There's a man that goes to my church... Uh, he is a male nurse. I, I respect him. He used to be in the Army, about like a medic. He come in Sunday and he shook my hand and said, Pastor, saved another one the other night. And you think spiritually? No, physically. There's an older man who had a heart attack in a nursing home where he's working. He thumped him on the chest and brought it back and they put the defib and all that and saved it. He does that probably about once a week. He says, sometimes people just give up. It's almost like, hmm. He says, I don't. He's committed. So he came in, worked till about 2 o'clock in the morning, gets off at about, you know, 7 or 8, goes home, rests up, and comes into church. But he's there because he's committed. And he said, you know, where the other night we were working, and some people don't take their job real seriously. I couldn't believe he said this. He said they had a crew member and a crew member, a crew head, three or four people working underneath him. So it should be eight people. Several people got mad. You would never do this. He said several people got mad, and guess what they did? Walked out. He said there were two of them there. They had to call home, get some special help for people to be sent in. You've walked away from your job? What would you do if people walked away from your job? Fire them. He said, oh, they won't do that. The people will probably, you know, come up with some excuse. Can you imagine working at Burger King and a big bus pulls in with 80 people and you go, I'm out of here. And you walk off and I think, wait a minute, you can't do that. We've got to serve these people. Well, sometimes I think Jesus says, okay, you ready? You got a chance to witness at school. You just walk off. Wait a minute, you can't do that. This person needs me, and I'm going to use you to reach them. See, I can't come out of the sky and go, I'm ready to... So he's going to work through you. And you just sort of... Don't let emotions change you like that. Be found faithful. Even on the tough days? Yeah, especially on the tough days. Last couple things right here. I'll show you something. Remember this watch. This convicts me. If I say I'm a watch for Jesus, so to speak, and somebody... Wants to see what's inside. I hope they see my works. They say, you are not the person you used to be. Thank you. All because of the grace of God. Instead, if they look in the back of me and they see this, I'm very embarrassed. You say you're a Christian. Let me ask you a question. If I brought a little animal in here and put him right here and let him walk between the, the aisle there, if he looks like a duck, walks like a duck, smells like a duck, sounds like a duck, chances are it's a duck. it's a duck. So if I live like the world, talk like the world, you know my language shows that, if I live like the world, talk like the world, I'm in the world, my worldly friends, worldly music and everything else, guess what I am? Worldly. And yet some people say, I live like the world, talk like the world, got worldly friends, act like the world and I'm a Christian. Well, you lost me. I don't understand that because you sure don't look, smell, act, talk, anything like somebody that's a Christian. Well, it's because I'm a secret agent Christian. You're incognito, right? <laughs> You're keeping it, you must keep a secret real well. I want people to have no doubt. Leave no doubt. Acts 
Actions really do speak louder than words. Abraham, would you do this? He cut animals in half. Over here's half the heifer. I'm not talking about you girls anymore. Half a heifer here, half a heifer there, half a goat, half a goat. That was his half-sister. Here's a half of this, half. And the last three birds he did not cut in half. And then God said, walk between them. It's as though this deal, this deal. God, but we join together. Deal. Got it. And he walked between there. Abraham does, falls into a deep sleep, and then here comes God behind him in a form of fire. He took things pretty seriously. I like that. A serious deal. Firm handshake. God, you got it. I'm yours. You really mean this? Absolutely. If you make a deal, buy a car, buy a house, whatever, they always say what? Sign on the dotted line. Sign here. And you sign your name. And it says, okay, that means that you're going to do what you say. God didn't ask you to sign a or negotiate a deal with him, but he does expect you to keep your word. Let your actions prove that you know Jesus. Okay, we had a time of reflection last night, and I just had you pray. And um, our time of reflection is when we just sort of stop and say, Lord, am I really serious about my walk with you? Have I committed myself to you, and am I living for you? Today I've got a little bit of a surprise. I'm going to show you a video. And has anybody ever heard of the movie Unbroken? Yeah. That movie's based on a famous man. His name is Louis, Louis Zamperini. And Louis Zamperini has a lot in common with Eddie Rickenbacker. Like Eddie Rickenbacker and his crew, this man was saved from the water, from sharks, and from terrible things. Hollywood, there's a book written, you know, Louis Zamperini, it's called Unbroken. Hollywood took you up to about chapter 17, I think, of the book, somewhere through there. They didn't really tell you the rest of the story, and Billy Graham does. Uh, he was good friends with Billy Graham. You might not know the rest of that story of Louis Zamperini. And Louis Zamperini should have been dead several times. He actually is, uh, he's going to tell a little bit of his story I don't want to steal any thunder from him, but I'm going to show you his video today and, and his testimony. And Louis Zamperini was an Olympian, a great track star. Matter of fact, the only reason he probably wasn't killed, he had about six or seven of his uh, other crews were being brought into this prisoner of war camp in Japan. He said he got word that about six people were beheaded. His crew should have been next, and yet they weren't. And the whole idea, I think they didn't want to kill him because he was an Olympian star and his arch rival there in the enemy in the camp uh, was the bird. And it was this man that wanted to break him and says, Oh, basically, you think you're so tough. I will break you down. I will make... And he wasn't unbroken. He would not give in. His stubbornness is almost, but they wanted to keep him alive basically to torture him and to say, We're going to get the best of you. So it's, he shook hands with Adolf Hitler after the Olympics because Hitler. It's like you're an amazing athlete. That's probably one of the things that kept him alive. But he started off in trouble, eventually got away from that, and then goes all the way through the war, survives a plane crash, does all those things, comes back home and still doesn't know God because maybe I think he misunderstands. Maybe God's going to punish me or I don't even know about him and I just don't have anything to do with him. Like Eddie Rickenbacker and his crew, God had to perform a miracle to save him. He brought a, uh, God brought a seagull to Eddie. He's going to have this guy, he's going to revive him. He said, I was underneath the water. Water's covering me up. Of all cases, I should have drowned. And somehow I made it to the top of the surface, basically tasting oil from the plane and the blood that was from Cruz. And he says, here I am. 
he said it had to be. I later realized it was a miracle that saved me. So he gets out of the water. He's saved by God. This man was talented. But nah, I don't really need God. I'm an Olympian. I'm a star. I can come back home and everybody will just love me because I'm a war hero. Yeah, that didn't really work out too well. Number four, he finally made a commitment to live for Jesus. And you talk about a real commitment. His life was drastically changed. Let me give you something. And I'm not preaching to any of you, although I got the right because I'm the preacher. But just pretend, pretend, pretend like you said, I never have understood the Bible. Okay, say, I never. And I lead her to Jesus, and she says something amazing next the day. I come back and say, you read the Bible yesterday. How do you feel about the Bible now? And you say, it finally what? It finally, I've tried reading it this morning, and now that I'm saved, it seems like it makes, it finally makes sense to me. This man said that. He got saved. You talk about it instantly changed. He comes back. He said, I've read the Bible. No big deal. Uh, he said, I got up the next day, started reading. He said, my Bible started making sense to me. Hmm, wonder why. Holy Spirit is now teaching him. He says, I started reading. It's like, just couldn't get enough of it. I'm going to tell you something. If you say I hate the Bible or I don't understand it or I don't even have a desire to read it, mm, but you're a Christian. The only thing in this room that will last forever is that Bible, honey. The Bible says the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God shall abide forever. You've got something in your hands today that will last for eternity, and yet, okay, big deal. Wouldn't it? I don't know about you, I like history. If you show me something, wow, here's something that will last forever. This is, wow, can I, can I hold it? I mean, if somebody says, I've got a, a life raft off the Titanic up here, I'd probably go, wow, that's kind of neat. You know, wow, that came off the Titanic? Yeah. Here's a scarf worn by Jackie Kennedy in on November 22nd when John F. Kennedy was shot. Wow. I, I'm, see, I'm looking at things that actually were in history. If you go, how big deal? If I said I've got Jonathan Falwell coming in today to speak to you. Who's Jonathan Falwell? He's the pastor of Thomas Road Baptist Church. I don't know if you've ever heard. He's only got 22,000 members. Um, Jonathan came down to our church and helped us dedicate it. And I'd, I've met Jonathan. He would call me friend. I'd call him friend. I don't know him extremely well. I know enough about him to know he loves Jesus. And he says, man, I love you, brother. We'll give each other a hug. But I introduced Jonathan one night. and I didn't tell anybody he was coming. Why? Because some people just showed up at church that night just to hear Jonathan. I just said, hey, I've got a friend of mine that's going to come and dedicate. Okay, big deal. And I said, here's Jonathan Fowler. Somebody, yeah, right. Jonathan starts walking up the aisle. I was like going, here's Jonathan Fowler. So he stands up in front of about 40 people and prays with us and dedicates our church. We're taking up an offering, I can tell. I've already heard the coins hitting the floor. So Jonathan preaches that day or speaks to us, and I was impressed, but it wasn't so much his words. It was his heart. You're going to see, I think he's changed. He said, when I took it from my dad, I was scared to death. Didn't hardly know what I was doing, basically. And to me, he's been blessed. Louis Zamperini, I didn't even hardly know what I was doing. All I knew when I opened that Bible, my life changed. It's like everything became fresh. So the Louis Zamperini story is called Unbroken. I want you to watch this today. Try to, you know, by the time it might be a little quiz at the end. I just want you to watch this. And Louis Zamperini is going to give you his testimony. 